welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Hi, this is Bob Hassan. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm here with Sean Bowles. Sean, how are you? Hey, I'm so good. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. The feedback from these have been amazing. So many of our friends who are business people who haven't been on the show or aren't connected to the show at all, they just have been giving us incredible response. And then we've been getting, I mean, the the, the listenership has been amazing. So I'm glad for the viewership because we've had tens of thousands of people listening to each episode, which is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. So Bob Haston, you're being heard around the world. Well, now we're going to be seen, right? Because here we are in video. I know. Do you have a face for, for radio? It's great. I do. I'm just kidding. I do. <laughs> I was going to say that about myself and self-deprecate. And it came out about you because I like to harass you so much. <laughs> well, why else would we be doing this if you couldn't tease me? Exactly. Vice versa. Because we know that that's my love language anyway. <laughs> well, what are we doing today, Sean? Well, you know, we're talking to a guy named Eric, who you're good friends with, but I get to meet for the first time. And one of the interesting things is he has an amazing story that I read in the notes that I'm hoping we get to, which is all about the pivot they had to make because they're an events company. And I just thought about our generation right now, how everyone's having to change. The 1% doesn't, but everyone else is having to change. Like you're the 1%. You haven't had to change. Your your business is steady as she goes and even grown during coronavirus. But a lot of us, like my business and my ministry had to change. We did 37 events a year before, you know, 2019. And then we were doing events and we had to cancel our tour. And that was our primary way of doing our ministry and our business. And we had to cancel everything for the whole year and pivot onto online media, which we already had some space here. But it was incredible. But we, you and I both had so many, I've had dozens and dozens of conversations that people are like, you know, in the middle of that, ah, everything's falling through. What do I do now? And they either recreate or they go through all kinds of hardship yeah, and or both <laughs> or both. Yeah, that happens too. So what are you seeing in that? I, I think that, um, you know, our business did, we didn't have to pivot, but we, we had to be nimble. We yeah. had to, we had to bring our teams together and say, okay, how are we going to handle this now? There's all these new restrictions and new problems that we never would have thought about that now we're thinking about PPP being one of them. Yeah. Um, that was a big one. Crews that were giant crews that we had to move down into smaller crews to be safe so that if anybody got COVID, we wouldn't lose a whole team. Um, But I watched you. um, You had been looking at this kind of online TV shows, um, these kind of things. And when COVID happened and you couldn't travel anymore, um, praise Jesus for you. <laughs> I'm so happy. Well, it's, the other thing is like, for me, I feel like I was, I was pretty, and I don't want to say contrast myself to anybody else, but it's that parable of the virgins with the oil in their lamps, because I, I had already sewn into, we had made a uh, TBN show that was coming out and it came out during coronavirus, the first week of coronavirus, my show here. And it was with Mike Huckabee's show on TV. And so it like blew up. And it was just a 10 episode arc, but that, then we did another one after that, which is coming out in a few months here. And, uh, and we did all this online media that we front loaded. We had already preloaded it. Right. So we were ready. And so I feel like some people, they weren't ready for what was coming. And we weren't completely ready for what was coming at all, but we were ready for a new identity. We knew some things God was pointing at. Yeah. And I've really learned from that where I was like, wow, I need to listen to 
the, the, the need to change more internally because God was really leading us. And I could have even been further along, but we did pretty good. I could have been further along because there were some other changes I wanted to make, make too, but I didn't have the courage based on the current structure. And when I say courage, it wasn't like I was a wimp, but I didn't have like, like we would even get in meetings and talk about, we should change this or we should do this. And I would say, no, I want to go this route. And everybody's like, well, this is the wheelhouse we're primarily in. Let's stay here. I could have actually pushed us a little bit over and had a little more space for when coronavirus hit. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, literally, because 2020 was last year. I think, but that's a good point for our listeners, is if you have instinct and intuition like that, which you do, um, after going through coronavirus and all these pivots that had to happen, maybe listening to the Holy Spirit a little bit more, like, is this the Holy Spirit? I think I want to go here. Is yeah. this God speaking to me? Yeah. Well, and, and what I just said is I think we need to look at our hindsight 2020 year as a real thing and just go, okay, what can we learn from this? Because the government's learning, you know, we're going to militaries learning organizations are learning all over the place. And I think of some of the guests we've invited that are future to come on and we have people who are doing NGOs and war zones during coronavirus. We have people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, so many types of people, and they're going to be sharing their stories of what's working now. It's not their 20 years ago story. It's like what's happening now. Yeah. And I think even hearing those stories, faith comes by hearing. So if you're like stuck, I'm hoping that our listeners, if they're going through something where they're stuck or they don't know how to pivot or their pivot didn't work, that they can hear some stories where they're like, oh my gosh, this is it. That's awesome. Hey, tell us a little bit about Eric. I know. I get it. I'm going to read you a little bit about his bio. Eric Knopf is the co-founder of WebConnects, a tech company that makes powerful software for events and fundraising. To date, WebConnect software has been used to process nearly three billion in payments and is used by millions of people every month. Not a big deal. Eric is a lifelong entrepreneur and starter, startup founder who has helped start, grow, and consult on over 200 different startup ventures and businesses. Through the years, Eric himself has co-founded 10 startup ventures. Inc. Magazine and Forbes have named Eric as one of the top thought leaders to follow on entrepreneurship and small business. I want to hear from him today. No big deal. Hey, put your seatbelt on, Sean, and listeners. You're going to love Eric. He's up next. God has wired you for hearing his voice, and this isn't rocket science. Through my best-selling book, Translating God, I introduced a love-based approach to the revelation gifts like prophecy and words of knowledge, then bring you on a full circle journey biblically on how to practice these gifts right now in your life. Be your own best personal prophet, and then have the authority from that place to speak to the world around you. We have an anniversary bundle available for you right now that you can get at our website at www.bowlsministries.com. In this anniversary bundle, you're going to get Translating God the Book, Translating God the Workbook, and also our brand new e-course that you're going to love. We just made it really practical. It's going to take you on the whole journey of how to translate God for you and the world around you. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. Welcome, Eric, to the show. It's good to be here, guys. Well, you Eric. and Bob have known each other for a while, but Bob, take us on a journey with Eric. Well... Eric is my friend. We serve on boards together. He's an incredible businessman, and he's got a story that our listeners are going to love, Sean. I believe you. I was reading through the notes, and Eric, you guys went through it during COVID. I'm going to talk about that, too, because there was a miraculous turnaround. So this is going to be a really exciting story and relevant for now, because so many people have been through the best of times and worst of times. You know, it's just in this last 20 months. Yeah, it's been a wild journey. I can't wait to share. Well, here we go. Bob, take us there. Okay. Well, Eric, um, <laughs> tell us about what, tell us about COVID. You and I were together, I think on March 12th or March 11th, 
Oh, wow. Right before the, the day before everything got knocked, locked down. Yep. Oh yeah. So for some context, uh, I have a company that I co-founded called WebConnects. I have another co-founder. His name is John. He's a believer. Our mothers met in ministry. And so 12 years ago, we formed a business that would help people do fundraising and event registration. And so over the years, it's been amazing. We've attracted some of the greatest organizations in the world to power their events, and their fundraising from Google and Red Bull to Passion Conference to Jesus Culture and, and Bethel and some amazing organizations. We've got about 50,000 organizations and we are on track to uh, process a billion dollars in 2020. We process about wow. two and a half million dollars every single day for events and fundraising. And 80% of our revenue comes from events and mostly large gatherings, conferences, conferences, concerts, retreats. We do all the events for CrossFit. Uh, we do camps for Young Life. I mean, we've got FCA. I mean, pretty much the who's who's and kind of the, the categories. And so yeah. we're a small team. We're 45 people. And we're an outlier because we have no venture funding. We have no investors. We've maintained a profitable wow. business since the founding. And, uh, you know, we're, we don't call ourselves a Christian company, but the, the majority of our team is Christians because we hire from people we know and trusted character. And, mm -hmm. and so uh, it's been an amazing cultural experience for us, but also you don't have the backstop of these investors. And which has been great because we we do ridiculous things. We take our entire team, all their families, all our kids. We go out of country. We pay for it all. It's this insane, wonderful <laughs> thing. And, and believing that what you can do in a corporate environment is this kingdom culture and trying to explore that and, and experience that and to bless our people and they bless the cities. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that for a long time. But uh, <laughs> so we are on track like 2020. 2020 vision is going to be our year, the roaring 20s. And so um, we were setting out and just set our sights on a record year and we've been growing a lot. And so I was with Bob and it was a uh, March 12th and 13th. And I'll never forget it because we walk in for this board meeting and I look at my phone and, uh, and I see that Gavin Newsom, you know, basically cancels all gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. We had heard rumors of like, you know, different things of people having pauses and rescheduling things, mm -hmm. but I have this Slack notification and we have this channel we set up with our team of anytime somebody starts, uh, canceling an event. We get a Slack notification so our team can kind of adjust. And so I'm there with Bob and trying to focus on our meeting and Slack notification after Slack oh notification. Was cancel, oh my cancel, gosh. Cancel, cancel. And so uh, anyways, just like sitting there, just like, this is really crazy. This is very surreal that everything okay. is all of a sudden just vaporizing. Wow. And so um, that was the start of just this snowball effect for us. Uh, we're basically... All of you know, the the whole new new events just went to zero. No one's doing anything new at this point. Yeah. You know, so we've got forty five employees. You know, which is a lot of you know expensive payroll. You know, so we've got this huge payroll every single month. The winter time is already like a slower season with events, anyways. And so when uh, new signups just like little bit to zero, I can show you this graph. It is like this like cliff, like just wow. all new revenue just stopped. And then what happened is with all these mass cancellations. Visa and MasterCard come in and they claw back all of that, that former revenue. So oh my gosh. The, the very next Monday, uh, I get back and 60 grand is just like vaporized. And almost every single day, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 just being taken out from our account. And you're helpless to do anything. And so we just had this, you know, several million dollar punch in the nose uh, of what was happening. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, it was just the wildest time. So that was our you know, our March of how it kind of all got kicked off. But Bob was, was there when, 
you know, the flames kind of started to, to burn. Well, the interesting thing, Eric, it was your reaction because all this happened. And then a few days later we talked and you said, yeah, I just got with my team and we're trying to figure out how to pivot. And, yeah. and you sat with your team and asked them for ideas and what happened? There? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, the first thing, uh, I have a lot of well-meaning friends, um, and they knew that we were in crisis. You know, when, when 80% of your revenue comes from big events and all big events are canceled, yeah. you've got a big arithmetic problem there for your revenue. So <laughs> we had a lot of friends that were uh, concerned and I got people sending me videos and watch this and all this kind of like equipping, like, you know, here's how you develop strength. And I really strongly felt the Lord saying like, you're ready for this. You've got yeah. muscles for this. Wow. You know, you've been building for this and, you know, no one... No one steps on the Super Bowl field or the Olympic field and is like, that's their first day of training. You know, like you train and you build muscles for these days that you hope to never maybe use, but waking up and realizing like, this is the championship game that I never knew I was going to be in, but today's the day. And so wow. our first reaction was just, you know, this is not God sending this calamity. He's not trying to teach us a lesson. He's helping us overcome these adversities and we are more in conquerors through him. And so the first thing was like, look down and like, you know, assess like all the things you've been building in your life up until now. And so we went to our team and, uh, you know, the, the detail that was missing from me, Bob's description is that we went to a couple advisors and they're like, cut hard, cut fast, cut deep. And they're just like, yeah, they basically told us. Did you say that to them too? No, but a lot of people that, you know, we, you know, we're calling the different people in our industry and, you know, Eventbrite, which is our main competitor, they laid off 60% of their team, just boom, yeah. they're gone. All of our competitors, same thing. And so uh, the advice, the wisdom we were given from people who love Jesus and yeah. are wise people like cut hard, cut deep, cut fast. And so they were all recommending to do mass layoffs. And so this is where we like, you know, we just saw the scriptures, like we have wisdom and revelation, you know, wisdom, the wisdom was like, cut hard, cut deep, cut fast. Right. Yeah. We're like, what's revelation? What else does God want to do? And so we went to our team. And we were honest with them. We showed them the graphs. We showed, we were just a very transparent company. And we just went and just prayed and we weeped with them. Wow. It was so crazy. Yeah. Um, and so we just like, you know, we're just going to press in. We're going to like press in and we're not going to do, we're going to seek out what does God want to do in our company as our team. And it was so crazy. Um, so we start pivoting. <laughs> you know, whatever you were going to buy, we were going to figure out a way to sell. And so we started, uh, you know, making virtual event software because that was the big pivot that uh, it was natural. But we created new companies. Uh, we took on other projects. And uh, I vividly remember just like, there's a bunch of different words we have. But one of them was like the David stepped on the field with five smooth stones, but he needed one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are the five? Like, you know, we might only need one, you know. <laughs> It'd be great if we only needed one, but we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to step on this battlefield with as many stones as we can. And, uh, and so there's a great story that are, I mean, there's so many amazing things that are here, but I'll, I'll try and be concise, but we've got a great sales team. My co-founders on that team, we've got two other guys, Seth and Shaddy. And, uh, so just, I, I want to share numbers cause it builds faith, but in 2019, that team, they had, it was the first time the team was there and they had, you know, had, I think a quarter million dollars in sales that they produced. They started 2020 believing for 4X over that. They wanted like, we're going to go for a million dollars in new sales in 2020. And then the pandemic happens and hits. 
Mm. And so we're in like, you know, obviously everything's off the table. We just want to survive. Like that was the things like, guys, we need the company to survive. We can keep everybody. That's great. But we need, we need this thing to, to, to stay around. And uh, so in April, we are still in, we're, the skyscraper is still on fire and we're trying to build a new skyscraper to like rescue everybody too. Yeah. <laughs> and these sales guys, Shadi and Seth, like, we believe that word is still true. We are still going to believe for a million dollars. And they wow. had just this incredible faith. You know, and and I'm we'll never forget that um, Seth said and just believed like that fish are gonna jump into the boat. And Shadi's like, we want to be like the sons of Issachar who know the time. We know people need what we have, we just need to find them. And and uh, you know, like that the the, the scriptures like that you prepare us a table in the presence of our enemies, and just like we need to find a new table. Wow. <laughs> who needs wow. a table? And just pressing in. And, and so I, I found this verse the other day. It's in John 21, where the disciples fishing all night had no fish. They get to the shore and just like, hey, go on the right side of the, of the, the boat. And so they're like, we've been doing this. And so anyways, all these words are coming at us. And so, you know, we're creating new ventures. We are pivoting. We're creating different things. And we are just hemorrhaging money. And uh, we have basically 40 days to survive at this point. Oof. Going from like, hey, we're taking private company trips and renting private islands to 40 days in existence. And so we just pressed in and our sales guys, they started fasting and we're building and our team has just sprung into action. And so, uh, and they started fasting as well in July. And so in August, all of a sudden, um, I just get choked up talking about it. You know, there's so many words up, man. Uh, Isaac, sowing in a famine and reaping a hundredfold, you know, all these things. And we're just like looking the numbers and like, this is rough. This is like, you know, we're, we're making it day by day, week by week. But the, the long of the story is in August, it just all started turning around. And in October, we set a sales record um, that surpassed so our, our prior years and was a company record for all time. So in October oh was our gosh. biggest sales month ever. In November, we doubled that. Oh we ended up concluding the year actually at our highest revenue ever in our entire history of our company. We didn't lay a single person off. We restored all of the, the pay because everyone took maneuvers. Like people come to us like, hey, chop my pay. Like I can, I can take less. We just want to save the company. So everyone like, you know, oh. maneuvered it and, and worked together. But we were able to restore everyone's pay at the end of uh, the summer. And then we just had this record fall. Wow. And, uh, anyways, the, the sales guys who, you know, again, remember, a quarter million dollars was their prior year, believing at the beginning of 2020 for a million dollars. Then COVID hits, and then they come back and like, we believe that word is still right. We believe God's still going to do it. They ended up uh, bringing 2.8 million dollars in sales. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. <laughs> I think people who are listening, especially business owners, are like, "I wish I had Christian employees." No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't have that, and so they'll blame their maybe something's not working on that. But it's really that place of faith. I love yeah. that you guys are talking about the place of the fish jumping in the boat. It's like having that raw faith to pivot. Cause I feel like I've watched friends. I mean, I have friends on both spectrums. I have friends who lost their businesses forever. They're gone. They're going to, you know, they have to recreate now. Mm -hmm. I've watched people like you, Eric, and it's just like just believing in raw faith as well. And I, in, in that, I don't want to contrast it. Like they did something wrong. And you just, right. I just sure. love that. This is part of the God narrative that he'll right. use all things for them to restore them, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. But for you, I love in the times of the great depression, the times of Spanish flu, these, these times, 
there was people who were walking with God who made legacy of millions and billions that are still around. Families that I've met that are still around now that their great grandparents created it because of a place of faith. And you're an example of somebody who's doing that for your children and for the, these companies. Right? I mean, it's so cool. It was, it was, I mean, it's weird to be living your own, like these are testimonies. Like you hear other people. It's like, well, this yeah. never happens to me. <laughs> you know? yeah. So to be living it, has been just this wild, uh, crazy journey, but you know, going back to wisdom and revelation, you know, just like we prayed, God show us things that nobody else has seen. And what happened is that we started to find markets, just these prophetic words, like we're going to find new tables. We're going to recognize the times we're going to see things that nobody else has seen. And we just like found whole new categories that we had never even, those people would have never taken our call yeah. in prior years and months. And those ended up being, you know, these 10 X accounts. And so it was just, it's incredible that I'm so glad that we didn't take the wisdom and relied on the revelation. And yeah. we are always ready to make the hard decisions. Like you to be successful, you have to be able to confront hard decisions and make hard decisions um, happen when they're needed. But we're so thankful and just praising God just for the ability to, that he partnered with us in to see what nobody else is going to see and to go plant in areas that people weren't going to plant. Wow. I'm speaking. It is it's, it's, it's such a long story. There's so many details and facets, but that is the, the, the big kind of overarching theme and story. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're still in the thick of it, but man, are we, we encouraged and we're just celebrating and just praising God for it. It's so fun to tell a story too. Cause it's just like, it's, it's for sure. Well, take us kind of on your journey and how you got involved in business in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I feel uh, that I was raised to be an entrepreneur. My dad, who is a doctor, my okay. dad's a doctor. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon, like 30 minutes east. And, uh, and he's an entrepreneurial doctor. But, you know, like doctors typically raise their kids or like they have a, a reputation of like get a real job, get something that's got three letters after your name, you know, stable, whatever. And so my earliest memory of the career I wanted to have was to be the guy at the construction zone that turned the stop sign. <laughs> and my dad, they want to work at Krispy Kreme, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, my dad and my mom, you know, instead of them being like, that is the dumbest idea ever. How dare you? Why don't you think of a real career? They bought me a construction vest and a construction helmet. And so they would take me out to construction sites. And so they, uh, they just fanned this like, you know, Wow. this passion. And I like, I wanted to write this like kid's book of like how to create a road with the asphalt and the different processes. My dad like helped me do it. I found this book just this recently. I'm like five or six. Then I wanted to wow. become a fighter jet pilot. Uh, I named my son Maverick because I had a thing for Top Gun, but uh, he'd take me to air shows and, you know, just fan that. They don't want to be a cartoonist. And so then he got me a drafting board. They want to be a fly fisherman. He bought me a thing to tie flies. And then I started wow. selling flies to people at church. And so I was raised with parents who were mm -hmm. unafraid of my dreams. So good. And so what they did is I never, never had a fear of failures. Like if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to change. I've, I want to be a construction man. I want to be a fly fisherman. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a cartoonist. Like, you know, I'm just going to find something else. And so I feel like the way I was raised and the way that my parents and my father, you know, to relate to our heavenly father, just unafraid of our dreams and unafraid of how I look on him or if it's, if it's dangerous or risky, it was never there. And so I, I feel like my journey was so influenced by my upbringing that I just pursued uh, just different ideas and I never knew anything besides it. So yeah. um, it wasn't until uh, I had 
basically almost like a Peter moment. I was really into motocross racing, which is not typically the wholesome crowd. Uh, but I would race and I had the, the verse Philippians 413 on the back of my seat cover. And uh, I was out racing in a place and um, a, a group of guys, and we were just running our mouths with all sorts of profanity and, and language. And one of those guys is like, hey, Phil 413, is that a Bible verse? It's like, yeah, yeah, w- w- whatever, you know? <laughs> and he's like, no, tell me about it. I've been like curious about attending church. It's like, no, it's not a big deal at all. And, you know, she was raised with it. I did this three times and I swear I should have listened for like some rooster to crow somewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> but that was like this like dreadful moment where I just like, man, I was just Peter right there. And I just kind of moved on. But the next weekend, that same guy who's asking about his faith was racing. And I decided the last minute not to go and race with him. He ended up having a terrible accident, got paralyzed. Ooh. So what happened to me, just like this switch, just like went on. Like, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to be ashamed of my faith. Wow. And so I started fundraising for him. I, mm. I uh, raised money for him. I found parts, accessories. I did eBay auctions and I raised a ton of money for him. And so uh, that was kind of my first, like, wow, go start something, bring it to life, uh, you know, experiment. And it was all from this, you know, experience with a, a friend who got injured. And anyways, uh, lots of stories like that. But that was kind of my on-ramp into business, you know, combined with my my upbringing, my parents, and then also just this crisis of faith of like, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. God has given me gifts to bring ideas to life and I'm going gonna, gonna to pursue it and do it. Hey, and Eric, then from there, first college and the kind of story goes on from there. Eric, one of the things that I'd love for our listeners to hear from you is you, you alluded to it with your parents giving you strength. But when this crisis hit, uh, your mm-hmm. first your your first thought was, oh, my gosh, what's happening? But you turned to God pretty quick and trusted him. Yeah. And can you kind of walk us through that process a little bit? So people who are going through issues right now might gain strength from you. Yeah, I, I think um, there's two things. One is you don't want to figure out God, who God is in a crisis. Like you want to have those decisions settled when there's nothing wrong. You know, like you need to figure out, is God sending you hurricanes and giving you cancer or is he equipping you to overcome them? So for me, I was just was very before the crisis was like, deep into just what do I believe about God? What is his nature? Is he good or is he not? And so I think the first thing for me is like that. I didn't enter the the crisis wondering like, what are you doing, God? That was not even a a thought close to my mind. So figure out who who he is, what his nature is, what is his role in trials? Is he sending them or is he helping you get through them? So um, the second thing was just being intentional within any business. It is so easy to have your identity be your business. Mm-hmm. And having some great people in my life who just helped me, you know, just like look at my identities, like, hey, is your identity your success? Because if your identity is your venture and your venture fails, then your identity has a crisis. So those two things, like, who is God? And then also, I'm still a son. I'm still, yeah. I'm still beloved God. Like, I might be flipping burgers in six weeks, but that doesn't change who I am. Yeah. I don't like my circumstances, but nothing that's happening to me is changing anything in me. And so starting from that position, I think just doing that work ahead of time uh, is really what set me up for success because then you're not reacting. I felt yeah. like we were able to look at crazy. That was our challenge. Like we have to apply wisdom and revelation to crazy. Everyone was acting crazy and we have to somehow be strategic and wise. Uh, but if you're trying to sort out your crisis of identity, 
and trying to sort out who is God in this. Like you, you just can't make good decisions then. So for me, that's what I felt. I just was at a better position, a better mm-hmm. place from the get go. Um, and then it's like sewing back into it. God, you're the God of miracles, God, wisdom and revelation. Give me the ability to see things that nobody else has seen. And what is that? You know, just pressing into the scriptures, you know, and you don't want to have a life where a crisis then drives you into the scriptures. Like you want to be cultivating that relationship with God. You want to be able to be familiar with his voice because when everything goes to crud, you know, you have all these voices and all these things coming at you. Like you need to have that, the ability to hear the familiar voice. Cause if you don't, you can be really confused by another voice. And those things are, are there. I mean, I've, um, you know, I had a, a challenging time marrying into my wife's family. She comes from a very well-to-do family and I get it. Like, you know, another, uh, professional family, uh, doctor and you know they want their daughter to marry somebody who's gonna <laughs> be stable and things and uh you know knowing that like my wife took a huge risk on marrying this entrepreneur i mean we got married right out of college you know when wow. that time an entrepreneur is a name for someone who doesn't have a real job you know <laughs> Today it's a little bit more uh, a little more glorious but back then it was like this is a high risk marriage you know in their eyes right. and it was a high risk decision on her end and so I'm here. I've got, you know, had a great recent career, great success with our team. And I'm looking at it, it's like this dumpster fire. And the voice was like, one of the voices, like, see, your wow. in-laws were right. All the wow. people who are concerned about That's you being this, like, you know, lose it all. Uh, and everyone was concerned, but, um, you know, that, that voice is right there is right there. It's great to have this success, but when it's all, all set on fire, you have this like accusation of like, see, you were this high risk, you're going to lose it all. And everyone was going to be right about you. And you just got to be able to like, know where the right voice is to tell that other voice to shut up. Exactly. So good. Oh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so, Sean, aren't you just like fired up like right now? I'm I'm glad we got this narrative in the midst of what's been happening the last year for people, because both Bob and I talked to a lot of business people. And I think out of everyone we've talked to Bob, I think Eric is, Mm -hmm made the best pivot and i see the root system in your parenting of how your parents parented you and i think that's so valuable for those of you who haven't had that kind of parenting the reality is that that's who god is and so you hear it from like an eric and realize you can realize that in your own life from god even if you didn't have that natural parental caregiver and i know you're doing that with your kids too eric which is so exciting thanks so much for being on today thanks for sharing your story oh yeah Yeah. oh so so great to be with you guys you got me fired up i'm all ready and jazz to go back at it again i'm just so honored that you guys would invite me to share this story and hope it's encouraging uh, other people and uh man super honored to be with you so encouraging sean guess what's next questions with sean and bob questions with sean and bob stay tuned everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry they are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're gonna receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have 
partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Okay, now it's time for questions with Bob and John, and I'm excited about this one, which it's from Rick. Hey, my name is Rick. I run a small technology company, small but growing. My question is, how do you process growth with excellence? So my business is being blessed. The Lord's opening amazing doors for us, but that means growth in number of employees. That means growth in scale of operations. And so often I feel unequipped. I've always felt unequipped, but how do I take the next steps with excellence and walk into maturity into the next level of responsibility that God is inviting me into? Rick, thank you so much for your question. Sean and I talked to so many people who are facing these same issues, and I picked out a couple things. The first thing is I love measured growth. I like the fact that you take one step in front of the other and you measure your growth and you grow, let's say 10 or 15% and you figure out how to, how to continue with that part of your work. And then you grow 10 or 15%. Of course, if you grow 50%, you can always hire people and hold on, but you lose quality uh, when you grow real fast. So I would, I would, so Rick, what I would do is I would measure your growth put a strategic plan together to look where you want to be in five years and see what happens in the short term. Yeah, it's interesting because when you talk about measuring growth, there's two two or three things we're measuring, right? So we're measuring the product that you have. We're measuring that growth. We're measuring the culture of your company. We're measuring your actual quality of life. So as a Christian, we're not just measuring for what's in, you know, we're not Silicon Valley going, the product is everything. The product is king. We're saying there's a number of metrics that we're growing in and you're always going to be feel weak in one of those areas or a couple of those areas. And there could be more areas too that we're growing in, but um, we're always going to feel weak in a couple of those, but you have to protect your internal heart culture and and the kingdom culture of what you're trying to build with at all costs, because the temptation to shortcut by taking bribes or manipulating or controlling or whatever is going to be there all along. And steady as she goes, growth is way better than shortcut growth. And I just see people do shortcut growth all the time, especially in other nations. Um, I'll have conversations with people in Asian nations or in European nations, and they'll just flat out pay a bribe to get ahead. And they don't feel bad about it. They don't feel guilty about it. And I'm like, wait, 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 what, what was this? What, what was this part? Well, that's everybody does that in our industry. And right. so just looking, and I love what you're saying with excellence. If you're going to grow with excellence, it means looking for the fruit of the spirit and your business, mm-hmm. your management, your ownership. There's my dogs growling in the background. They like that. Um, in all these different ways, we're looking for that measured, you know, that measured growth. And so I think, I think looking for the fruit in that growth is is what keeps you in check. And we can always see the metrics of the business itself, but we can't always see the metrics right. of the spiritual side. So, Rick, the next part of your question is: you said that you felt unequipped, and uh, I would like to talk to you about that. I I think that one of the ways that we know that we need the Lord is if we feel unequipped or unqualified or underqualified. If we're in that place, we know that we need the Lord's help. So feeling unequipped sometimes is good. Now, if you have an identity issue where maybe shame is ruling you or you're, you're having some kind of orphan 
kind of identity. Read Business of Honor. <laughs> but but being unequipped, under underprepared or unprepared is a good place to be so that you can trust the Lord. That's so good. Well, thanks for asking your question today, Rick. And if you want to ask questions, go to bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com and click on Ask Bob and Sean a Question for the next episode. Is it, hey, Sean, is it your picture or my picture? Or is it Sean <laughs> and Bob? Which one is I it? I think it should be Sean and Bob because it sounds a little bit better than Kate. I think it does too. And it's alphabetically and phonetically correct that way. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. Join us next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.